For those of you that don't know, my name is Jared, and um, I have the honor of once again opening the service for you to get this morning. So I'll be reading out of Hebrews chapter 11, a familiar portion of Scripture, talking about faith. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had not taken him for before he was taken he had his testimony that was pleased that had pleased God but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so the subject of faith of course is a very interesting thing we have to have faith in Jesus Christ in order to receive eternal salvation. It's the only way we can get to heaven by faith through the sacrifice and the shedding of his blood that he went through. We also have to have not only faith in that, but faith in other things. Many people put their faith in things that are not of God. Some people put their faith in um, just worldly things. People put faith in... Uh, you know, lotteries. People put faith in um, their bank account. People put faith in, um, God forbid, our corrupt politicians. But through faith, faith is all about taking a step. You know, Scripture says to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thy own understanding. In all thine ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You know, you need faith to walk out this plan that God has for your life. It takes a leap of faith to uh, do anything that he has called you to do requires, requires a leap of faith. He's called you to be a missionary, you know, to a foreign country such as, uh, I don't know, Romania, Iraq, Mexico, wherever. You know, that takes a step of faith to do that. And so um, faith is the foundation that we as believers must have in order for us to grow closely in our walk with God because faith that works is dead. And if you don't have any faith, you're not going to get anywhere in life. Faith is really, it's the evidence of things not seen, but at the same time, you have to put your trust in God in order to get to that um, step of where he's calling you to do. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, highlighted to me this year about, um, you know, learning to trust God more. And through that, you know, he's asked me to take a step of faith, you know, recently. And, uh, you know, so I just finished my second year at uh, Karis Bible College, and I'm going to be taking my third year um, to do it. Yeah, I believe that's what God's called me to do. And, you know, in times, you just have to trust the green light. The green light is sometimes just there and it's open and you just have to trust God that, hey, this is the next step. So I'm obeying God and I'm going to do my third year at Karis. So, yeah, just obey God. And so, yeah, um, let's all rise. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your son. We thank you for your son, Jesus, that not only by faith through him that we get to go to heaven, but Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that our faith is not um, stumbled upon. Our faith is in you. It's not in anything else. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that faith is the, is the foundation in the way that you have for us. So we just thank you, Lord, for your son in this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, Lord, for that name. Thank you for the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus that is above every name. The name that is worthy to be praised. And this morning, Father, whether we worship through song or word or fellowship or giving or whatever we do, it's all to the name of Jesus. Your holy name. Hallelujah. Now is it on? I could actually do it with this without it. Because I have several different voices. When my kids were growing up, sometimes I used my barn voice. Do you know how far the barn voice reaches? All the way to the barn. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't God good? He is. And just like Pastor said, this is just another way to worship this morning, isn't it? Thank you, Jamie. Oops, she's gone. Thank you, Jamie and the team, for the worship. Life is good. Hallelujah. Now we're just going to go to another place of worship. This morning, the scripture won't be up on the screen, because this morning, I'm going to the Message Bible, which is kind of really very unusual for me, but when I found this, this just hit home. So here we are. I'm in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, and I'm reading just a small paragraph, but listen carefully because God has a lot of nuggets in it, okay? And he'll show you the nuggets all the rest of the week if you'll listen carefully. The most gracious, the most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. I like the word extravagant, don't you? Ooh, that's the kind of God we serve. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Hallelujah. Did you get all those nuggets? God will speak to you this week about them. Because he's such a patient father. He loves us and knows how to teach us, doesn't he? He knows how to get the thing to us that we need every time we need it. Hallelujah. He is so good. I do think they're going to put the screens up for me, though, so that we can find out how we can generously give. So you can do it online at info forward slash donate. I'm teachable, see? (laughs) In person, you can do the box in the back, which is my personal preference, but that's okay. The other one in person is you can drop by um, 9 to 3 p.m., Monday through Thursday. Might want to check in the summertime to be sure they're here, because sometimes fun things are happening in the summer. Or by mail, rvcc at Lake Elmo. 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. And now it's my honor to pray over the offerings of the people. And you know what? God will receive it. And not only will you give to him, but he will give back to you because that's the kind of God he is. He doesn't know anything but giving and good. 
And we just love him today, don't we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you today. Your word is rich and powerful. Your name is high. Your name changes nations and continents and accomplishes miracles. Today, Father, I ask that the heart of the people will be listening to your voice. They will be obedient to your word, whatever it is you tell them to do and that you will get the glory and the praise and the honor forever, Lord. Amen. I, lo- I love it that we love each other here, you know? Good good thing. It is good to see everybody back. Man, we've got people back from all over the place. We've got people that are back from the mission trip to Hungary and Romania. Why don't you guys stand real quick? Just, just sh- stand and... And we're going to uh, we're we're working on scheduling some time to, for them to be able to share uh, stories and 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 all the stuff behind the scenes. Uh, not everybody's back yet. Peter and Kayla are, and Esther are still there, and they're coming back on Thursday. So once they're back, we'll we'll work on scheduling a time uh, for them to share. And it, I'm looking forward to it. But we also have our uh, many of our uh, circuit riders. Uh, 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 Folks back from from uh, uh, Sturgis, you guys were out in Sturgis, and praise God, you had no tattoos. Any new any new tattoos or good, good, good. But a uh, bunch of folks back. So uh, why don't you guys stand? Just everybody who was out there this week, uh, last week, or why don't you guys stand and just <laughs> Hallelujah. That that's a mission trip, also, you know. That's a whole people group right there that, that need Jesus. And, and I know they were doing some ministry out there and just an awesome time. So praise God. Um, but then everybody else who's been at your cabins, welcome, Stan. No, I'm just kidding. Don't have to. But it's, it's good to have you back. It's good to be, it's, you know, summer. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that this summer is starting to wind down and we're, uh, I know, I know. I'm, uh, I'm it's still, it's not, not faith. Okay. It's just reality. Here we are. Um, but it's, you know, we're kicking back off. A lot of things going on this fall. A lot of things coming up and be watching your bulletins and, and, uh, announcements and onlines and in the bathrooms and just everywhere. Uh, a lot of things coming up. Um, just two really quick, uh, one that's already been announced, but also a new announcement that maybe you haven't heard about. Things are always working. Things are always going on behind the scenes with RVFM, River Valley Fellowship of Ministries. It's the organization that oversees all of the churches and it's us. It's it's, we are that organization, but there's always things happening. Um, we announced a few weeks ago that there's going to be a new church plant starting in Lindstrom uh, this fall. It'll be either be September or October. Uh, depends on how all the logistics uh, happen. But that's moving forward. Uh, Nathaniel and C. Uh, Johnson are going to be leading that church plant. They're not here this morning. I point over here. That's where they always sit. So I just thought, man... <clears throat> but they're not here this morning. They're actually up at St. Croix Falls ministering up there, uh, filling the pulpit for Pastor Jonah. And so that's, that's exciting. We will just continuing to believe with them and for them. Uh, they're, they're, we've been doing a church planting training with the small group that they lead. And not everybody, I guess, you know, not everybody's going to be on that team, but, but everybody's going through the training and supporting them. And we've been making decisions and moving forward. And that'll continue on. If, if you have a desire, 
to give towards that vision, that part of the ministry. You can put on uh, on the memo Lindstrom, and that money will all go towards that church plant and all the things that go along with that. So we'd already announced that. That's nothing new, but I just wanted to to give you, you know, just to if you weren't here because you've been people have been everywhere, uh, just to fill you in. The second announcement, maybe you don't know about is something that we've been working on for really nine months. Uh, it, we couldn't talk about it because it wasn't all within our, our ability to make decisions. But uh, as of last Sunday, uh, we're going to be adopting a church in uh, the town of Bethel, Minnesota. There's a church in Bethel, Minnesota that uh, 30 years ago was a large, very large church, lots of people. They have their own building. They have every, everything is paid off. And over 30 years, as churches can happen, can happen to people, if they don't have vision for growth and vision for outreach, uh, the church is very small and was in the looking at the reality that, that it would possibly end and then just not exist anymore. They heard about us, about RVFM, and they reached out to us and asked if we would help. And we've been walking through that process with them for nine months of what that would look like. And last week, they took a vote, and they voted to become part of RVFM. And at that point, uh, we're going to be, uh, we've been talking to some folks about going there and being a part of that congregation that live close to that area. Um, Pastor Nathan, if you know Pastor Nathan Arndt, uh, he has been the assistant pastor at Grandy and helped. He was amazing there, holding that church together uh, through through some of their their harder days, rougher days. He's been recently been helping for the last year and a half in uh, St. Paul with uh, Pastor Vern and Mary. He's been helping down there as an assistant. He's going to be the pastor in the church in Bethel, and so so that's moving forward. And then uh, there's other other shifting and moving of things that you know possibly going. In that direction. So, so we started out the month with five churches and now we'll be seven here in the very, very near future. So I wanted to give you, give you that update and just let you know that that's continuing to move forward and there's other things in the works, which I can't talk about, but you know, you can see why there's just, that church had to, had to come to the point where they're like, yes, we want to be a part of this vision and uh, they're very excited. So it's really neat. And then, so then I also, you, you know, for those of you who have been here for, for a long time, many years, you notice that whenever I'm holding a microphone, uh, somebody else is going to be ministering. So, <clears throat> but I, I also wanted to give those announcements because it's really really a setup for uh, Pastors Brad and Jean uh, uh, Lawrence to be coming and sharing this morning. They're going to come and share about a couple of things, uh, two different things. One is that MTC, Ministry Training Center, which is a, a, a school that we do here on Thursday nights in, in the winter, the training people up to work in these church plants, being in different areas. They're going to tell you all about it. I'm not going to give you any more inform- information about that. But then they're also going to share this morning about an exciting new ministry that's going to be starting up here in the fall, and I'm not going to steal any of their thunder in that. But but I do this, and I know last week I began a series about what are you going to do about it. This morning is all helping you, will point you in the direction of what you can do about it. What, what can you do? You can get, get trained up through MTC, trained up through the vision, doing what God's doing. You're a part of this vision. 
It's not just me. It's not just the pastors. It's not just staff. The body of Christ is doing this. It's the only way it'll work. It won't work unless we all do it together. They're gonna, and, and that's part of this. But then also the second part, which I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna steal their thunder. I could, but I won't. And, uh, but the, I want to. It's just like right there. I'm a preacher. I can't help it. Uh, but uh, they uh, is really how do you get involved with the ministry? How do you know we we're here to train you up to do the work of the ministry? There's going to be a, an amazing outlet for ministry. So give a warm welcome to Pastors Brad and Jean Lawrence. Thank you, Pastor John, for given us an opportunity here this morning is always an honor. We don't ever take it lightly when we when we come up here to minister or to teach. But the first thing we're going to do, we're going to talk about the training center. So it's called MTC, it's Ministers Training Center. And we have the, do we have it up there? Can we get it up there? Okay. So I'll read this, the the vision is training and equipping men and women in the Word of God to be effective leaders who with godly character and in the power of the Holy Spirit will transform nations for the glory of God. And if you ever look at our VFM website, that's in there, that's a part of the, the vision. So we started this, we went to Pastor John in July of 21 and Talk to them about a training center because what, there's 27, 24 churches that are, that are to be started. <clears throat> so churches are people, right? And people need to be trained up to go into those churches and to be effective in those churches. So there's, there, you know, there, there it takes people. There needs to be pastors. There needs to be worship leaders, children's workers, Sound video. There needs to be leaders in the church, workers in the church, and the more that people can be trained up and equipped, the better the church is going to be, especially on the launch. Amen. Because the pastor can't do it all. So what it is, it's it's a one year training center, or it's a third year to a two year Bible college. Example, those who have completed two years of care is going to attain and be trained in their specific calling. So there's five, there's five different tracks to pick from. There's a minister's track. There's a, that's, I lead the, I'm overseeing the minister's track. There's a worship ministry track. Jamie oversees that. Audio ministry track. John McKellen oversees that. Video, Ethan Nito oversees that. And there's a children's ministry track. And that is, um, Pastor Shiloh and Karen Haynes that oversee that. And so you can go into those. And the thing of it is, it's not like you come, you sit in a classroom and you take notes. It's designed in a setup where there can be a lot of exchange, interaction that will take place. So if there's, like when I went to Rama, you pretty well sat and you took notes and you couldn't ask questions if there's things that you weren't sure about you couldn't ask those things and so this is more interaction also so you know that so it's for ages 18 years and older now this part if under 18 so we have made it an exception that if you are under 18 but what you'll need you'll need a parent's permission to be able to be a part of it and then you'll need your pastor's 
and MTC approval. You also need to be able, you also need to attend a church, but also we have opened it up for churches outside of RVFM that they can come in and be trained. So if you know people that are outside of the churches and, you know, the RVFM churches, you could, um, tell them about it and they can come and they can be equipped. Amen. And Amen. it's, it's just really a good school. And we believe it just gets getting better every year. So Gene's going to give you more specifics with this. Good morning. All right, so MTC meets um, Thursday nights in person. We have talked about before, you know, maybe online or whatever, but we're not at that point. We really do just want to keep it in-house, so we meet here every Thursday night. We go from September to May. So this year, MTC is starting Thursday, September 28th, and then we end May 16th, and then on May 19th, we have a graduation. Woohoo! We have fun at that graduation, don't we? <laughs> and during this time, we do take breaks, so it's not like we go steady, you know, but we take breaks. All right, so each class for each track, each of the five tracks, is 50 minutes in length. So we go from 6.30 to 7.20, we take a 10-minute break, and then we come back from 7.30 to 8.20. So there's two classes a night for each track every Thursday. So like for the worship track, you would be going through two classes in that worship track that night, and then all the other tracks do the same thing. There's two classes per night for each track. So then what we want you to do is you pick one track that you would follow through for the whole year. So if you pick worship you are going to follow that track the whole year. All right, and the classes, like we said, are held here at RVCC. All right, so um, some of the courses that are taught, can we bring that up? Um, and these are just a sampling of the courses that we have. There's far more than that, but we couldn't put them all in there. All right, so the minister's track, we cover things such as ministry board and finances, the minister's family, pastoral care, church administration, character development. With worship ministry, we um, there's creating a culture, the pastor-worship leader relationship, team assembling. In the audio track, um, John McCallum isn't here, right? Oh, well, anyway, so I can't pick on him, but he is, he is so funny, <laughs> and he's a great teacher. But some of his class names, sound system basics, just enough to get you into trouble, but not enough to get you out. Decibel, to be or not to be, <laughs> DB. Hertz, the relationship between audio and car rental. Sound board operation, control is only an illusion, and you can read the rest of them. All right, so then there's the children's ministry track, there's vision, administration, family special needs, classroom flow, worship with children, camp vision. And then there's a video track that, um, like Brad said, we started last year. And you're learning about um, all kinds of video ministry, camera and composition basics, film writing, film audio, and lighting. All right, so then what would be the next step? You need to decide on a track for the year, if it's going to be ministry or a minister's track, uh, video, audio, worship, or children's. The tuition is only $100 for the year. And if there's any books that are required, those would be extra. So what we want you to do, and I put um, these uh, packets out front. So we have a, a 
MTC packet that you can take, and it has the application, it has the sample courses that we talked about, and it also has the schedule for the year, so you can see uh, when we take breaks and uh, all of that's going on when we actually have classes. So you're going to fill out the application form, and it's due by August 27th, and you're going to attach a $50 deposit. You can mail it in, bring it in, whatever, drop it off. Um, like I said, the applications are available after church today, or you can go to online at rvfm.info, and if you go to the drop-down, you'll see MTC, and you'll find all this information there. And that's it. And, you know, we always just encourage people. You know, how many you know that God talks to us? <laughs> and he talks to our heart. And one of the ways that you can tell if he's talking to you is that there's a desire there to do something. So if you have that desire, even after we've been talking, you know, God's been talking to people in here. If you have that desire, then we just ask you to pray about it, you know, and follow that desire and sign up for MTC. Amen. It's laying down there. Okay. okay, the next part. But we're going to minister the word first. And the reason we have chairs is not because we're old and we can't stand that long. <laughs> Although that may I be I just want to set that straight right now. <laughs> so that, but we have, we have interaction that's going to go on. So instead of one getting up and one sitting down and, and all that exchange, we thought, you know what? And plus we're family. And in, in what we're going to minister on this morning is something that we just, you know, believe that we just need to, to kind of get into it. And we titled this, Healing Can Be a Journey. You know, we, we talk many times, you, you can have a message on healing, and, and, and it's great. We've done many messages on healing, and you pray for people, and, you, and, you, and they go out the door. And you might have, you, you have some instant healings. But as we get along, I'll, I'll talk about it more. We'll talk about it more. But I also notice that a lot of times there's not an instant manifestation. And when we send people out the door, where, where do they go from there? What are their options from there? And that's what we want to talk about because healing can be a journey. And we're going to get into scripture in a little bit here and, and explain that more. But you want to go? Sure. So, you know, the first thing that we want to establish is that God wants us well. So I want us to say that together. Say, God wants me well. God wants me well. And that is a fact according to the word of God. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit. You know, and he's a good father right? He's a good God, and his will for us is to be made whole. And I came across this um, quote by Bill Bright. He's the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ International. And he said this, always bear in mind that God's desire for you is wholeness. The phrase used repeatedly by Jesus was, be thou made whole. Wholeness encompasses all that we are as human beings, it includes our mind and emotions, as well as our spirit and physical body, as we surrender our will to do the will of God. Seek wholeness. Ask God for it. Pursue it diligently. 
What you seek, the Bible promises you will find. What you ask for, ask God for, the Bible promises he will grant. What you pursue diligently, the Bible promises you will have. So I like that phrase. And until I read this that Bill Bright had said, I thought, you know, I never really realized that. Jesus said, be thou made whole. And so if we think about that word, in that instance, in the Greek, it means to make well, to heal, to restore, to health. God wants us well. You know, and I always like to lay this foundation first of that we are a three-part being. And we're going to look over at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And every person, every person on this planet is a three-part being. And it says, um, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And once we really understand that we are a three-part being, it really clears up a lot of things in our Christian life. So we are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. The spirit is the real you. It's the part of you that got born again. Uh, Sometimes in the Bible, it's referred to as the center, the core. The very core of our being is our spirit. The Bible calls our spirit the inward man. So if you see that in the word, it's talking about your spirit, inward man, hidden man, the new man, the heart. So when we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart, he comes in the person of the Holy Spirit into our spirit. And that's the part of us that gets born again. You know, over in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Where does it become new? In our spirit. In our spirit. And so in our spirit, we are made perfect. And here's the thing. Our spirit man, people's spirit man, does not need to be healed. The answer for our spirit man is to be born again. Amen? Everyone. And then we have our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. Sometimes the Bible refers to our soul also as our heart, and so sometimes you have to study that out. Is he talking about your spirit? Is he talking about your soul? And sometimes he's talking about both. (laughs) And so how many know, too, that before, even before and after we are born again, we can go through things, right? And the part of us that experience those things is our soul, our mind, our will and emotions. And so we can get damaged or we can get hurt even in our soul. Just like you can get hurt physically, we can experience those hurts, those things in our soul. And it can be you know, abuse, it could have been rejection, it can be fears, it can be mental torment. There's a list of things that we can experience in our soul. And like I said, things can happen to us before we're born again and after we're born again. And so since we talked about that it's our spirit man that gets born again, sometimes we still have all this stuff in our soul that we need to deal with. Ever experienced that? Like lots of times you go, why do I still think like that? <laughs> right? 
I heard a minister once say it like this, we have junk in the trunk. (laughs) Do you know how your car sometimes will have junk in the trunk? And sometimes those things, we need to clear that out. And so how do we do that? How do we do that in our soul? Primarily, it's through the Word of God. And if we look over at James 1.21, he says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. That word save there means to make well, to heal, restore to health, made whole. Doesn't that sound like what we just talked about? He wants us whole, even in our soul. You know the whole thing that I've come to realize? You know God cares about us, spirit, soul, and body. He cares about every part of us. I said, well, Gene, how can you say that? Because he created all three parts. And so he cares about all three parts. And so we can be whole in our soul, and the word of God is able to do that. You know, over in Hebrews and over in Proverbs, it talks about the fact that there's power in his word. Do you know? I don't think we don't really realize how much power there is in this word. It's alive, and it's active, and it's full of power. And Proverbs also talks about its health, healing and health to all our flesh. Over in Psalm 123, or 123, I'm sorry, Psalm 23, it says this. Are those coming up on the screen okay for everybody? Okay. Just checking. (laughs) All right, in verse 1 it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In the Hebrew, that word restore means to restore. It means to refresh. It means to repair. And sometimes our soul needs to be repaired. Amen? And God cares about that. I always like to say it like this, Jesus is the lover of my soul. He cares about that soul. And then our soul and our spirit are housed in our body. Our body is the house that we live in. As I'm sitting here and as I look out at you guys, I see the house that you live in. I don't see the real you. The real you is the hidden man of the heart. It's the spirit. But I see the house that you live in. And I see your eyes peeping through there. But it's the house that you live in. The Bible calls our body our house, our temple, our tent, the outward man or the old man. So if you see those words, that's what it's talking about. You know, and I find it, this is what I just find interesting as we've studied a lot about healing and sat under ministers and all that, is that, you know, first of all, God created the human body, right? And God created that human body to heal itself. So how can we say that he doesn't want us healed? He already created a body that would heal itself. So it has the ability to heal itself. And then, 
Some may differ. But he gave us doctors. He gave us doctors that have that wisdom to help aid the body in healing. Right? How many have been to a doctor? And they aided your body to heal itself. And lastly, he's provided divine healing through Jesus as part of our covenant. Right? And I look, I just look at all of that and I say, wow, what an amazing God. What a loving God. He has made all that, all that provision for us to be healed. And I like to say this sometimes, you know why? Because he needs us. He needs us working in his kingdom. We all have a call of God on our life. We all want to fulfill that call, right? So guess what? If sickness or whatever tr- comes on me or whatever happens, you know what? I want to, I want to receive healing for that because I want to fulfill my call and my purpose that I have. You have a purpose. We all have a purpose. So God wants us swell, spirit, soul, and body. It's a fact according to the word of God. And Jesus bought and paid for all of that. He bought and paid for our wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. And so Brad's going to go through some scriptures. To show us that it's healing is God's will. And that's, that's the main thing. That has to be settled in our heart. Yeah. That God wants me well. That God wants me whole. That, that's something that has to be in there because there are so much, so many contrary things that can come along that would sway us in that. So, just some basic scriptures. Isaiah 53, verse 4. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And that word there, when you go to the word griefs, that actually means sickness and sorrows, referring to pain. But it says there, Isaiah's looking ahead, and, and he's seeing redemption ahead of time. But he makes this statement in there, and he says, and for by his stripes, by the beating he took, he says, we are healed. And then we'll go to, to Matthew chapter 8, in verse 16. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. All who were sick. All who were yes. sick. All. Not some of them, all of them. All. all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. He took sickness, he picked it up, put it on himself, and carried it away. And, and so, we, so we don't have to have it. And then, in, but you see there, he's fulfilling that. And then, of course, in 1 Peter 2, 24. I'll get to it. Probably use my phone. be a lot faster. <laughs> but it says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we haven't died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. And we hear, we hear these verses all the time. And, you know, we're, we're quite often. But it, 
we saw Isaiah looking ahead at redemption. He, he was looking ahead and he, and he saw Jesus going to the cross. He saw him being beaten, but he said in there by his stripes, we are healed. And then we go into Matthew and we see him demonstrating Isaiah 53. So we see that in demonstration, but then when we get to 1 Peter 2.24, it says it's already been done. Yeah. It's already completed. And so one of the things we need to realize is that, first of all, in we look in the Gospels, everyone that ever came or everyone that was ever brought to Jesus was healed. Yes. yes. The only time we see that healing wasn't taking place is because they wouldn't believe. They, he couldn't do, he couldn't, didn't say he, he wouldn't, he couldn't do what he wanted to do. And so we have to, we have to establish that and, and, and realize that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Kenneth E. Hagan had said in regard to people dealing with, you know, healing, whether it's as well, is, is that it is God's will for me to be healed. And, and people need to settle that in their heart. That's the one thing that they struggle with. Does God want me well? Does God want to heal me? Is that his will? Yes, it is. We just saw that in the word. Yeah. And so again, we need to settle that, settle that in your heart. God wants me well. Say it again. God, God wants, wants me well. And so healing is ours that we just saw according to the word. It belongs to us. As his child, as part of our covenant, Jesus bought and paid for it. And I like to say it like this. We just need to pull up to the table of provision and receive it. Yes. Eat it. (laughs) And so, you know, there's different ways that we can receive healing. I was going to hit this. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So. (laughs) You know me. I just like to talk. (laughs) That's why she's got the wireless. Yeah, he goes, he says, you need the wireless. You're going to be talking too much. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> but but anything contrary is a lie then. And I know that can be just a you know a statement that's easy to make and we hear it all the time. But it but it's the truth. Anything contrary to the word of God is a lie. And some of the lies that are out there and you know everybody comes from all a different background. You know, I always thank God that I always said I was raised in a in a denomination church, didn't go there very much, I didn't learn very much, and I didn't listen, and I'm glad I didn't. Because I didn't have to undo a lot of things. But sometimes we, we know there's been different things and different things that are taught out there that healing's been done away with. That maybe, maybe not. Maybe God will heal Brian, but not heal Greg. I mean, you just never know what he'll do. You can't have faith right. if you, if you don't know that and settle that in your heart. Or that God put this sickness on me. Or that God, that God is allowing this sickness to continue in my body because he needs to teach me some things. All, all those things are contrary to the word of God. But the thing of it is that sometimes we have to get that, that th- we need to get our thinking changed. Yes. Sometimes. And, and I think one of the things also is that, you know, we just need to realize that this provision has already been there. It's already, it's already been provided for us. Right. And, you know, when he was talking about we need to have our thinking changed. Remember we talked about that after we're born again, you know, and then we have our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. And so the Bible talks about that our mind needs to be renewed to the word of God. This is how we're supposed to think. Right. 
This is how we're supposed to think in every area of our life, according to the word. What does the word say about blank? What does the word say about healing? What does the word say about marriage? What does the word say about raising my kids? What does it goes on and on? The word is our answer. Yes. But what does the word say? So what does the word say about healing? Just went through that. It is his will, right? And so there's different ways that we can receive healing. Divine healing. Let's look at that first. Healing can come by laying on of hands. And I'll just give you the reference on some of these. But it's, you know, Mark 16, 17 through 18. It talks about believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall what? They shall recover. They shall recover. They shall recover. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's what he said. You said that, Lord. You said they shall recover. Well, they shall. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then there's, you know, praying for ourselves. We can just pray the prayer of faith. Father, I reach up. I, I receive that healing in Jesus' name. And this is something I kind of wanted to go through over in 1 John 5, and we're going to look at that, starting in verse 14. And it says, now this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. This is the confidence, the assurance that we have in him. That we ask, that if we ask anything according to his will. What's his will? Healing. Anything in this word is his will. I can have it. It's his will. So if I ask anything according to his will, it says he hears me. Isn't that good to know? How many times we go, God, did you hear me? Are you listening? Did you hear me? <laughs> Come on now, I'm not the only one that ever did that. <laughs> it says if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, and I always say this, whatever we ask according to his will, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know, say we know, we have the petitions that we have asked of him. You know what a petition is? What we asked him for. So if I ask for healing, according to that verse, if I ask for healing, what do I have? I have healing. Why? Because he hears me, it's his will, and I have it. Amen? All right, then there can be like a healing, uh, a manifestation of healing in a service. Ever been there? We've had it here before. God decides to manifest himself in healing. And you know what? You don't have to do anything but reach up and receive it when that healing anointing is there. Amen? And then I thought this was so cool. This was really on my heart. And Jamie, thank you for being led with all those songs. And as she was going through those songs, I'm sitting there going, she's talking about the, we're singing about the name of Jesus. And so when we have faith in his name, Healing can come. Look over at Philippians 2.
and starting in verse 9. It says, Therefore God has, has highly, also has highly exalted him. Has, has highly exalted who? Jesus. And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there's power in that name. At his name, what, there's nothing else above his name. So whether it's cancer, whether it's, um, you know, if you have problems in your liver, in your stomach, mental torment, what, you name it. There's nothing that is higher than his name. And at that name, whatever that is, whatever you filled in the blank, at that name, it has to bow. It has to. I went through, and I'm not going to go into all this because it's too long, but anyway, I went through something with my ear. And I received my healing, and then I went through this process. It took four months before I could completely hear again. And as I was going through there, because I had heard a teaching about the name of Jesus. And how many know, maybe you don't know, but anyway, you know, we can speak to our body. So I spoke to that ear. I said, listen to me, <laughs> ear, you need to line up. You need to be, cre- you need to act just like you were created in Jesus name. You have to bow to that name, that name line up. Well, I'm here to say four months later, I can completely hear out of my ear, which I couldn't before because there's all kinds of stuff and whatever. I won't go into all of it, but anyway. Had to bow. Has to bow. But you see, you have to have that faith, faith in your heart to speak it out of your mouth. It's, it, that was in my heart. I had that teaching. It was in my heart. I, I had full confidence. Listen, ear. Stop. Quit that. <laughs> you need to line up in Jesus' name. Okay, and then there's the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, 19, you know, wherever two agree as touching anything. Well, anything what? According to his word, according to his will, right? That it would be done by my Father in heaven. We've prayed with people. We've come in agreement with people. The elders have been up here praying with people. Come in agreement. It's done. The Father said it's already done. Amen? And then, um, you know, there's the anointing of oil over in James 5, 14 to 15. that talks about that. And, you know, call for the elders of the church. They can anoint you with oil, pray the prayer of faith, and you're healed. Amen? Receive that healing. All right, and then, you know, not only divine healing, but how many know we talked about that God's provided, even in the natural, he's provided doctors without wisdom. So, you know, if we're led, we can go to the doctor, right? Sometimes people aren't led to go to the doctor. Sometimes people are, you know. And then also... And this is what's really funny because this next part I'm going to talk about, most people don't want to hear. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because now you're going, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but sometimes he will lead you to make adjustments in your life regarding eating. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> 
stress. You have to monitor yourself. Amen? And exercise. And they're going, Gene, don't talk about that. (gasps) Exercise. You know when you exercise, there's endorphins that are released, and they make you happy? (laughs) My husband would tell me, because we we go to the gym, and he would say to me, if I'd get grouchy, he'd say, why don't you just go to the gym and get those endorphins, you know? (laughs) Okay, so God is not only a God of the supernatural, but of the natural. And we talked about that he created our body, and that he sometimes would lead us to do things, you know, and make adjustments in the natural. So there was a time that I dealt with, um, what I, I'll just say this. To me, they were yucky headaches, okay? And so during a doctor visit, you know, when I was all done, the doctor says, is there anything else you'd like to tell me about? And of course, the Lord brings it up, and I'm going, oh, I don't really want to talk about that. So anyway, I go, well, I have like these yucky headaches. Yucky headaches, he says. Well, explain those to me. So I'm telling him, and, and he said, well, he said, those are mild migraines. I'm going, oh. He says, well, what do you do for him? And I said, well, I'll take ibuprofen. And so to him, it was like, well, that's good enough. You know, okay, so you're taking ibuprofen, good, okay. But later on down the road, the Lord, now this is much later, the Lord had led me to a nutritionist. Number one, because I wanted to learn to eat better. And number two, because I wanted somebody to help me in losing weight. So I go there, you know, and anyway, so a few months later, so I started eating better, eating right, eating, uh, and you know, I have to say this, you know, um, the Lord talks about doing things, you know, in moderation and stuff like that, and even, because we've had um, personal trainers before, and one of our personal trainers said, you know, Gene, you can't, you can't actually eat right 100% of the time. Now, this is what he told me. He said, you know, we do the 80-20%. I'm going, yes, you know. And he said, 80% of the time we eat right, 20% you have one of those days where just eat whatever you want. (laughs) I said, hey, you're my kind of trainer, you know. But it's true, you know. So you, it's moderation. But anyway, so a few months later down the road, the Lord, all of a sudden he, he spoke to me and he says, you don't have those headaches anymore, do you? I said, well, I don't. Why? Because it had something to do with the way I was eating, with my diet. So you see, in that instance, I didn't need healing. I needed to make a change, an adjustment in what I was doing. And that, our God is a God of the natural. So he, how many know he knows us? He knows our body. He knows exactly what's going on. And he can tell you and lead you in that. Amen? Amen. And so... One of the things that I've, that I've learned, and, and at times I have to uh, grab myself and get my, my thinking going down that right track, and that's that I'm not trying to get God to heal me. I'm, I'm not trying to talk him into it. You know, Brother Hagin used to always say, first of all, the same faith that got you saved will get you healed. Yes. And we said healing is a part of, so when we say you've already been healing, that's truth. That's the word of God. And so I begin to realize what I have to do is I have to connect with what's already been provided for me, what's, what's already there. And I, and I have to get, I have to know what the, what the word of God is, is saying about it. But I also 
coming in to realize that for many times, you can have a, I've been, you know, through the years, for over 40 years, been to so many different meetings, healing meetings, you know, we, we, we ministered healing ourselves. And the truth of it is, you can have a hundred people come into a prayer line for healing. And they will say afterwards, if you, if you received an instant healing, come on up. And you'd have 20 people come up. And so you have 20 people come up and, and, and testify the instant manifestation. But what about that other 80 that went back? And, and that, at that time, they didn't have a manifestation. And in Acts 10, 38, I lost this. I'll help you. Thank you. (laughs) Very familiar verse of scripture. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And Rick Renner, he's, he's one of them that, he's an expert on the Greek and the translations. I mean, going back into it. And I, I read an article from him in a devotional not too long ago. And he brought, he brought out the fact that he went and he had done a, a ministry at, in Russia at a place, I believe it was Russia, or one of the countries over there. And all these miracles are happening. All these manifestations are taking a place. And there was a young man that they, that they brought up to him afterwards. And he had been beaten by a gang. And he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't talk. He was, he was shaken and trembling and he couldn't communicate at all. And he said he laid hands on him and, and prayed for him and nothing happened that was manifested there. And he talked about the fact that that just bothered him. And he says, and that just tormented me for a long period of time. Three years later, he went back to there, and the dad had come up to him and and said who he was and the fact that he had prayed for him. And he said, what happened was, after you had left, we began to see improvements. Improvements. And he said, over a time period of a month, and that's why we said that healing can be a journey. Yeah. Thank God for the instant. Yeah. I've, I've had the instant happen, but I've also been through some journeys. Yep. And sometimes we don't realize, we think if we don't get it right there, then we didn't get it. Or what about if you get it right there and three days later symptoms come back? And so you have this thing that we have this thing that we have to, we have to walk out. And, and at times we have to, to walk through. And he went back there three years, and the, and, the, and the dad has said, well, over a month, a period of a month, he started getting better, started getting better. He started improving. We started to see results, and today he's perfectly normal, living a normal life. Yep. And a lot of times we, we, we discount that journey, you know, and realize, well, if you didn't get it then, you just weren't in faith, and so you just need to get faith. Yeah. Or, you know, and sometimes we can be so hard on each other when it comes to that. And I know it's not that strong it is, but when we came up in the 80s, it was like, you didn't even want anyone to know you went to a doctor. Because if you went to a doctor, you were, you were in full of unbelief and you just need to go and get back in faith. Yeah. And so, and, and so there, there can be a journey. There's another lady who, uh, she had a tumor and it was a cancerous tumor. And so she went to get prayed for. 
and, and, and said this. So they laid hands on her. The minister laid hands on her, and, and they cursed that tumor from the root. And the story went on that she just made a decision she's going to go and have surgery and have it removed. And so she had the surgery. She had it removed. And when the doctor came out, he says, well, we got it. He says, but it was the strangest thing. He says that tumor was drying up from the root. Yes. It was still there, but it was drying up. Yes. There was what? There was a process that was taking yes. place. Hallelujah. And so it's that, it's that journey. It's, it's that process. And many times it will be a journey, and everyone's journey can be different. Yep. And, and, you, and I've come to realize, I know there was a, I know I shared my testimony, I'm not going to get into that, but I remember when I got hit back on that same thing 10 years later, I remember it, was, it wasn't as quick as the first time, and, but I, I remember one time, one day I was sitting on our steps, and I was just discouraged. I was just down. I thought this, my thoughts were this is not working for me. And, and I was frustrated and I thought I'm not making a connection. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Brad, he goes, I will always lead you down a path of healing. Yes. And that just grabbed that. And I, and I realized I'm on a path. I'm not grabbing this right away, but I know one thing. And that, and that point I thought I'm going, I'm getting through this and I'm getting to the other side. But, but God was leading and God led me in a direction, you know, and there's been testimonies in here of people heal of cancer and that came through a process, but I bet you each one, their journey was different. different. And so when you yeah. get hit with sickness, if you get hit and, and it seems like it's not, it's not changing, what we have to do is we have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because he will guide us down that path. So it's during that in-between time that we pray and we receive. That's what we're talking about, the journey. And that can be one hour. That can be one day. That can be one week. That could be one month. It could be one year. But at the same time, we don't want to get hung up on a process, right? Because if we're, care- we're not careful, then everything, well, it's just going to be a process. And that process, you know, 10 years later. No, but it can be a process. It can be a time where we need to, where we need to connect. Go ahead. So something when he was talking about, you know, we believe that we receive. And when we receive, that healing is working in us. Yes. The moment that we receive, amen, it's working in us. And, and if, if that time between when we receive and the manifestation, you know, that time in between that we're standing, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan taught us to, he said this, keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep believing. Don't give up. Amen? It's working. And so, like Brad was saying, you know, um, well, let me back up here. You know, with any, I like to say, with any of the promises of God, we have to be like a dog on a bone. What's a dog like on a bone? I'm not giving this up. No way. <laughs> Ever seen a dog on a bone? <laughs> so you're not letting go of his word and what belongs to us. And so, like Brad was saying, sometimes the healing journey can be, can be sometimes it can be long, or to us what seems long. It can be confusing. We don't understand things and why they are happening the way they are. 
and we can get weary in our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. And we want to give up, and we want to quit. Ever been there? And really, that's true in any area of our life, whatever you're believing for. Whether it's for a marriage, whether it's for a wayward kid, whether it's for finances or whatever, sometimes it can get long. And we want to give up. Um, and that's why um, we need people to help us. That's why we have the body. We have friends. We have a pastor, pastors. We have elders. We have people that can help us and walk through some of those areas with us. Um, people that can give us the word of God that will shed light on some of the questions that we have. You know, in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Whatever that path is, your path for healing, shedding light on that, your path for finances, your path for your marriage, your path for whatever, whatever that it is, the word of God will shed light on that. Amen? And so, um, you know, just to repeat what you know, Brad has said, that God will always lead us. He'll always lead us down a path of healing. Why is that? Because he cares. And he wants us healed. He wants us whole. So that leads us into the surprise. Yes. <laughs> no! <Yeah. laughs> so sometime back, I can't remember how long it was. It's been a while. We had talked to Pastor John about starting a healing center. You have a medical center. You have people that can go to a doctor to get um, to get help from a doctor, from medicine. But you can have a healing center. And that's where you can come and have people that are trained, that can help you connect. Yep. And sometimes we just need help. Sometimes there's, I've been in my, in my life, I'm just not making a connection. I'm not, sometimes I'm not seeing something. Is there, is there something I'm missing? So to help you connect or reconnect or a place where you can sit down. Like I said, we can have, we can, you know, on this morning, we're going to offer ministry for, for people that need healing, but we can do that and you go out the door. But what happens after you get out the door? Yeah. And what happens when you go home? We talked about a journey, and, and that journey, we, we, we forget about that. The fact that, you know, you get up on Monday morning and at 7 o'clock, and that those symptoms are there. 10 o'clock, they're still there. You know, the next day, they're still there. That journey, we think about, we always think about the overall picture, not the day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute process of doing that. And so the healing center is a place where you can come in and you can sit and you can talk. You know, the primary thing we said with this healing center is a place where the, the ministers are going to listen. Yep. You can talk. Yeah. You know, and, and it needs to be a, a place and an atmosphere where you can come in and you can sit down and say, you know, I'm just packed full of unbelief. I don't even believe it's there. And not get scolded for saying that. Right. Amen. That, you know, that we can listen and then help guide you down to that place where, where you can, um, connect. Many times there's been something that, you know, you get a diagnosis of cancer 
And you know that that's a big that's a big thing. That that's a that's a big deal. It's not a big deal to God, but it's a big deal to the person that gets that diagnosis. Yeah. And you're and the whole thing is your mind is going everywhere with yeah. that. Yeah. And and so sometimes you just need help to connect and get sometimes you're so full of fear. I know when they told me that they were sure I had cancer, my biggest enemy was fear. I had to get rid of that fear. I had to come to a place of peace so I so I could connect. And so it's a place that you could come to, non-condemning, that you'd be able to be free to, to state what's really going on in you. There's a there will be homework to do, but we want to help guide you down that path where you can connect and you can receive your receive. You always be prayed for. You always be ministered to, but that's what that's what it's about. Anything and encouraged add, and encouraged. Yeah. So in April of this year, we held a healing training class, and the book that we used. Get out here, because we wanted all the healing team to be on the same page. So we went through this book. It's called "Getting a Grip on the Basics of Health and Healing." Recommended highly. If you ever just want to go through it yourself, it's actually a workbook. Beth, it's by Beth Jones. She is a Rayma graduate, graduated from Kenneth E. Hagan's school. Um, and they pastor a church in, well, they used to. They now gave it over to their son. Uh, but they pastored a church for long, I don't know how many years. But anyway, um, she's a great, great teacher of the word. And so this is the book that we used. And the class was held for two Saturdays. Four hours each. The team, somebody said in the team, I won't mention who it is, they go, yeah, I thought it was at 9 o'clock because I thought, who on earth would have it at 8 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> well, we did. We went from 8 to noon. <laughs> and so at that time when we wanted to have a healing team, we invited the Karis graduates from this church and the elders to be a part of the team if they wanted to. So now I would like to introduce the team to you, so when I call your name, if you want to come up, so people can see your lovely face. All right, so Denny and Brie Lemire. Jim and Linda Hoffman. Sabina and Carl Ekstrom. Is that right? Yes, I know. I know. I know where they are. <laughs> Nevertheless, they're part of a team. Uh, Richard, is it Dryling? Is that how you say your last name? Oh, I got that right. Linda Burhow. Is Linda here? Yeah. And then Brad and I. Yes. So with that, we still need more help. So what it's going to do is it's going to start on September 10th. And the plan is to have it at 1130. So it's going to be on Sunday morning because people are already here. And so, again, you will sit with someone one-on-one. There, there will be a form. That, so we have an idea of how many is going to be, is going to be uh, wanting to be ministered to. There will be a form that eventually will be out on the information table. That form, you will put your, your name on there. Um, the date, you will you'll briefly describe what you want to be ministered to or minister to about. And then there will be a release statement. In other words, we're not going to be liable. <laughs> the church isn't going to be liable. We're not going to be liable. Yeah. And, you know, and the whole thing is we're not medical doctors. Right. We're, not, we're, never, we're never going to tell you what you need to do. Right. We'll never tell you. 
will never say, well, I wouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You need, you need to be led by the Spirit of God. Yeah. And that's all we're there to do is to aid you and to help you along that path right. and to help you connect. Like I said, there's been times I thought I'm not connected. And sometimes sitting with someone that I can just be really open and honest about what's really going on in me, what's really going on in my soul, in my mind, in my thoughts, and be able to say that at a safe place. You know, the church needs to be a safe place, amen? A place where we can go of refuge, amen? Amen. And so it would be September 10th. There will be more. We'll be giving more information as that that goes along. Yep. So you guys can. Sit down. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. We just want to end with this, and then we're going to offer uh, healing, to receive healing for people if you want. Um, When we do that, maybe dismiss everybody else. Okay. All right. So I just want to end with this. And is Jared still here? Or is Jared Mall? It was Jared, right? Oh, Jared. So Jared also was led by the Spirit of God, what he was talking about this morning about faith. Faith pleases God. Amen? He wants us to use and develop our faith. Pastor John did a whole series on it. The only way that we receive anything from the kingdom of God is through faith. Right? But faith is like a muscle. How does a muscle grow? It only grows by using it. And in the natural, you put some weight against a muscle. And it has something to push against. And you start with small amounts of weight. And as you get stronger, you're able to lift more and more weight and push against more and more. Why? Because that muscle is getting stronger and is able to handle more. And so it is with our faith. You know what? We just start where we're at. What can you believe for? Even with healing, in any area of our life, where are you at? You know, Jesus always said, be it done unto you according to your faith. It's like, where are you at? What can you believe for? And so we want our faith to grow, and it can grow. We can have exceedingly growing faith, but we need to use it. So I encourage you, um, when we were down at Ramah, Kenneth... uh, W. Hagen, which is Kenneth E. Hagen's son, he encouraged us to use our faith for something every day. To believe God every day. Why? Because we're working our faith. We're using our faith. We keep it active. Amen? Amen. So if you need ministry for healing, we're available. The elders, of course, are going to be up here. They're going to be available, and we will minister to you, pray for you, and believe God. No, no. Okay, let's we'll, we'll pray. Okay, we'll pray. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word that your word is alive and full of power. We thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross, for taking that that beating for us, so we can be whole, that we can be well. And so, Father, we do thank you for the, your provision of healing for us, and we thank you, Father, that it's your will for each of us in here to be healed. And so, Father, we thank you as we walk out this door today. And, Father, that we know that your will for us is wholeness. And so, Father, we thank you for that this week is a good week for each person here. Our steps are ordered of you. And that, Father, that good things are in store for each of us here. 
In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen.